for Taco Tuesday, maybe. Maybe. Or oh, okay. Burrito Tuesday. I don't know. It's really nutritious food. I get a lot of guacamole whenever I'm there. And just wonderful. Wonderful people. Uh, speaking of nutritious food, we have a, a Freestyle Libre question uh, that okay. really kind of perked my ears up because uh, I, I can see how this is so true. And I'm, I'm going to read it here. We're going to go ahead and get into the questions, folks. Uh, if you have a question for Doc, uh, go ahead and put it in the comments. We're going to get it to uh, get to it real soon. Uh, this first one is on the Freestyle Libre. I've noticed on my Freestyle Libre that if I have a bad night of eating, say an evening of uh, an evening cookie feast, that everything I eat the next one to two days causes higher than usual levels. Goes on to say even the clean veggies and meat, uh, such as those that. Uh, Barberitos. The question is, is, is that just proving the profound effect that sugar has on us, that it affects not just in the moment, but for much longer? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, following my other two kids, sugars for many years are type, both type one diabetics. And, you know, when you're continuously monitoring their sugar and counting the, the grams of carbs and seeing how they're feeling, you know, their sugars would go from 550 to 25 within an hour or two. So, yeah, you always think about it being quick, but I did notice, and I've noticed it on myself whenever I've kind of experimented with the Freestyle Libre, that you're right. I think it just primes your, your glucose response. Um, and it takes a while to get it out. Um, but, it, yeah, it can definitely affect you for a couple of days, even if you try to eat clean and exercise, it just screws your insulin levels up. It just kind of confuses your, your pancreas. Um, but I, I call it priming. That's my word for it. Nobody else's, but, um, priming your glucose level. So, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. You, you don't really know what your sugars are doing unless you wear one of these continuous glucose monitors. So I encourage everybody to do it diabetic, overweight or not. Um, it's just a really interesting uh, thing to notice. Everybody's different. You know, I'm not a diabetic, but wow, some some foods and drinks, especially drinks, really pop my sugars up pretty high. I couldn't believe it. Um, is there a way to kind of correct it? So like say, is there any way to like, say you do have a, a night where you eat something that maybe you shouldn't, or, you know, you're, you're, it's a birthday party or something like that. Is there like something you can, is it like drinking more water? Um, is there drinking any way to, water helps a lot. That's why type one diabetics when their sugars go real high, they're thirsty. They're, 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 they need that water to dilute the sugar levels. But one thing I tell people, never eat a naked carb. That hmm. means when you eat carbs, eat some protein or fat before you eat the carbs. And that'll kind of blunt the effect of popping your sugars up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a real thing. You proved it because you did the freestyle leap ray. Um, other things besides drinking water. Um, of course you can take some natural supplements that would help it like berberine, um, alpha lipoic acid, cinnamon, um, getting an infrared sauna like I do about every day. Um, let's see what, of course, you know, a lot of people get on metformin, even if they're not diabetic, there's so many advantages to that. Almost every one of the anti-aging docs that I interact with in our national meetings takes, takes metformin, you know, that's controversial, but it's a great anti-aging drug. As a matter of fact, I saw a, an article that came out today um, from Medscape, believe it or not, and uh, and it was talking about the effects of metformin on COVID. Metformin, turns out, was almost as good as anything you can do for COVID in uh, really lessening the effects of the virus and hmm. even helping to treat post-COVID. But uh, do your research. Go back and look at that. It came out today that metformin was very protective when you got COVID. If you started taking metformin, it was like, I think about a 70% reduction in symptoms and kept 
about 60% of people out of the hospital. And it was a pretty big study. Um, so it was kind of encouraging. It made you think, you know, what effect that. That one. Uh, is that it? Yeah. 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 yeah, you sent me that. Uh, yeah, you, you did, I did send you that. Yeah, you should post that. It's just really interesting. Um, you know, I've long been a proponent of metformin. Or If you can't tolerate metformin on your stomach, some people can't take berberine. It's, it's almost as effective, I think, and surely it's natural, less side effects than over-the-counter. But, um, yeah, it just, it just makes you think. Like a lot of the people that ended up in the hospital with COVID, of course, were obese and diabetic, pre-diabetic, and they didn't do nearly as well, especially people that had low vitamin D. You know, remember those days where we were preaching take vitamin D? Yep for prevention and treatment of COVID. Um, everybody should get their vitamin D level checked. Um, and if I remember correctly, is you're, you like it between 60 and 80? Yeah, your levels. Um, D Lynn, I see you. Welcome in. Grandma Mary, welcome in. Thank you for being here every Tuesday. Um, okay, I, I see we got, a, we got Ed and Robin here. Uh, welcome in. So pumped to have your daughter on the team and JC. Uh, guys, thank y'all for hanging out with us. That's yeah, awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. I see, uh, I see Ruth's question. Belinda, thank you guys for putting in the questions. Uh, if you have a question for Doc, go ahead and put it in uh, the comments. Um, this is a popular question we get on, on Facebook. Um, We've talked a lot about saffron. Um, how much saffron should a person take per day? I had that question asked to me today, uh, as a matter of fact, in the office, um, because I I recommend it pretty highly um, for a lot of reasons, but really because it's a pretty good antioxidant. Um, it's great for me metabolic syndrome, um, meaning high lipids, high blood uh, pressure and maybe even a little bit of effect on glucose metabolism. But the main reasons we use it are to calm somebody down. It's a great antidepressant, um, good for anxiety as well. They're always linked. Um, but also it's a, it's a good weight loss tool because it kind of helps cravings. Mm. Um, you know, the, the one, the typical dose that, that people use is 88 milligrams um, but certainly you can, and that's once a day, but I told several people today, take it twice a day. I mean, you can, you're, you're not going to OD on that. I mean, you'd have to get probably over 5,000 milligrams to have any side effects at all. And then you probably wouldn't, but you may get a headache or get a little nauseous. The only thing I tell people, if you're on, if you had a, a blood dyscrasia, meaning if you have a serious bleed disorder, cell if you took higher doses it could cause more bleeding so um that's just so rare but i like saffron that's one of my favorite supplements it's really really helpful for a lot of people uh mainly for those two reasons weight loss cravings and and anxiety depression but 88 you know once a day double you know take twice a day if that doesn't work you could certainly you know, I have, I have a few people on 400 milligrams a day. They do fine. Um, so, but the typical dose is about 88 milligrams. Um, and if you do the research on it, it's all over the board. What people recommend. Um, I think most of it comes from Iran. It's either Iran or Iraq. Um, that's where most of it grows. Hmm. Uh, which is would you, sp would you spread that out? If they're taking uh, two eighty-eight milligrams a day, or yeah, just uh -huh. you spread, spread it, out? it out, morning and night. All right, guys, we're going to get into the live questions here. I'm seeing uh, Steve put one in. Bianca, thank you guys uh, for putting in questions. Uh, that's going to do it for the questions that came in throughout the week. Thank you uh, in advance to those to those who sent in an email. Um, if you do have a, a question for us, but want to do it kind of anonymously, you can email me, ben at performancemedicine.net. And that's typically where we get the first uh, couple questions from. Uh, so, so thank you in advance. Uh, but let's get to the live questions. You ready for this? Yeah. All right. Let's see here where we got. Um, 
let's get to Belinda's got two questions here. Um, magnesium. I want to ask two questions. If you have if you have headaches, constipation, poor sleep, muscle spasms, pains in the legs, irregular heartbeats, numbness, and tingling, which magnesium do you recommend and how much? The second question is: instead of taking metformin, what is it you recommend taking? And I think there is an explanation for the. Uh, uh, here it is. I'm I'm taking Trulicity at this point, just afraid of metformin, and stopped taking it. Um, yeah. Um, I like berberine, you know, that berberine is a easy answer to that question. Um, you could also supplement it with alpha lipoic acid, um, cinnamon. Um, those are two of my favorites, but berberine is the, is the obvious answer to that one. That's an easy one. But as far as the magnesium, there's, there's, I think nine different kinds. Mm-hmm. I had a patient today that brought in a an article from me that it, the name of that magnesium supplement is called mag seven. So it has seven different types of magnesium in it. So that was interesting. I'm going to look some of that up and see, but I mean, you have a lot of reasons to take it um, again. So you might want to get a combination one like the mag seven. Um, of course you think about constipation mag citrate. So that needs to be in there for that. Uh, poor sleep. Um, I'll, the neuromag is, is good for that. It has magnesium glycinate, which you think more that and taurate magnesium taurate. Um, it's great for, that's also good for a mag magnesium malate is good for leg cramps, irregular heartbeats. Again, I like the taurate or the, uh, the, um, malate for that. Um, Numbness and tingling, it's really good for that. Same thing, neural mag. I would think about, um, look, check out that mag seven and see how you like that and kind of play around with it. You'll know you're getting too much magnesium if you start having diarrhea with it. Uh, that's a sign that you're getting too much, but you know, you're so you don't want to take a bunch of different ones at the same time. Check out the mag seven. Um, Magne- I think Life Extension makes one called Magnesium 3 innate that has, I think, three different forms in there. I think it has succinate in there, oxide and citrate. Um, you just have to kind of get one where you don't have to take a bunch of different ones. So check that Mag 7 out and otherwise maybe get on Magnesium 3 innate to start out with. Uh, Belinda, did you get that? It seems that we froze up. Um, are we Are we froze right now, guys? I hope not. Um, Linda's saying that we were uh, we were frozen. Uh, so real quick, oh. Pop, what, for the magnesium question, you're saying Mag Seven is one you you test Mag out. Mag Seven has seven seven different types. So you know, of course, the the uh, Mag Citrate's one that works best for constipation. Um, but they're succinate, Mag Oxide, Torate, Malate. Um, glycinates more for brains. So it seems like to me, you probably need a combination. Either get the life extension magnesium three and eight or check that new um, mag seven out. Mm. That that may be a good one for you to try. I haven't tried it personally, but like I say, a patient told me about it today and they, they do a lot of research on things, always bringing me articles and things, but which I appreciate. All right, Belinda. So get a combo, get a combo. I hope that helps, Belinda. Um, let's get to uh, Ruth's question here on Facebook. Uh, where do you like B12 levels to be? Um, we've talked a bit about this, especially with the Vitatrim shot, people taking um, high doses of B12. Um, what's your thoughts on this? Well, you're not going to overdose on B12. So if you check your level and it says high, like which I think is greater than uh, 1,500, um, that just means you're taking it. So don't worry. So, you know, I like it at least a thousand, but um, so don't freak out if it, it says too high. I've had people get off of it because the level says high. You're fine. It just means you're taking it. The only, the only use, the only use a blood test is concerning B12 is when you're too low. Mm. It just means you need B12. Um, but what would too late, too low be? Um, I think, well, gosh, there's such a wide range of normal, but I think too low is anything under 500 for sure. 
Interesting. All right, Ruth, thank you so much for that question. Let's get to Roel here on YouTube. Uh, Doctor, I've been dealing with stuffy ears, no drainage, just muffled ears, and everything sounds like I'm underwater. Do I need antibiotics? Uh, that's interesting. It sounds like, uh, like what, what do they call it, swimmer's ear? Is that swimmer's ear? No, swimmer's ear is uh, otitis external where your, your canal is infected. But um, no, that sounds like eustachian tube dysfunction. Matter of fact, that's funny because Ernie, our physical therapist, had the same symptoms yesterday. I looked in his ears. There was no fluid, you know, behind his eardrum. He didn't have any other symptoms, just one ear was stopped up like he was underwater with it, muffled sounds. Hmm. So I just told him to take Flonase and he ended up taking a little decongestant too. And it, today it's normal. So you don't really need antibiotics unless you have an ear infection uh, or if you're having a lot of pain in your, your sinus area. Like when you lean forward, if you feel pressure, you may have sinusitis or if you, of course, if you're blowing yellow mucus out of your nose, you've got a sinus infection. Um, so, but just one stuffy ears, it sounds like eustachian tube dysfunction, which can happen with change of barometric pressure. It can be a sign that you're, you have some allergies, um, you know, uh, it's like Ernie, he couldn't clear his ear. He couldn't, you know, you, hold your nose and blow it and try to clear like you would do um, after going underwater, deep underwater, if you're yep. scuba diving or something, but he couldn't do it. So I said, Hey, take some Flonase and Sudafed and it was normal today. Um, so it probably sounds like eustachian tube dysfunction, which should be transient. If it doesn't go away with that, you need to get your ear looked at probably make sure you don't have any fluid behind that drum. Or both drugs. Sounds like you're bilateral. Roel, hope that helps. Thank you for uh, putting in that question. I uh, hope you feel better soon, ma'am. Um, let's yeah. get to, let's see, Bianca on Facebook. Um, what about spirulina for helping glucose levels? A lot of people think it helps. You know, it's one of those natural food products that um, is a great antioxidant as well, but it probably does help. You know, I haven't read a lot about it specifically, you know, like I have berberine and all that, but, um, you know, it is purported to help glucose levels as well as being a great antioxidant. So great, great idea. See, we're always getting great ideas on here about people who really study this stuff. Spirulina. I've never heard of that. It's a health food. Really? Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Uh, thank you for putting that in there, Bianca. Um, all right, let's get to my brother, Steve. Uh, red 40, yellow five and yellow six, yellow six contain benzidine, a human and animal carcinogen permitted in low, presumably safe levels in dyes. There's new information possibly linking these food coloring dyes with IBS. What are your thoughts on that? I, I hope I, um, pronounced everything correctly there, Steve. Um, have you heard of this? What's your I thoughts? It is. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that those dyes in the right dose can be carcinogenic and a lot of people are allergic to them anyway and have to check everything they eat, make sure it's not in it. They feel terrible. Um, you know, everybody's different. Everybody has their own levels that they may react to. Um, you know, I haven't seen the studies linking it to IBS, but it, it kind of makes sense. Anything your body can react to, um, it's going to affect your gut first. Mm. Um, so again, if, you, if anybody has IBS, look at what you're eating um, and, and take the appropriate, you know, take Digest Shield. I, I put so many people on that, several today, and almost almost without exception, they like it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. I have to, I know it's can be linked with uh various types of cancers and it makes sense because you have ibs then you get the progression to ulcerative colitis i some saw a new patient with that today or crohn's and then cancer so there's a you know a stepwise uh progression so if you have ibs you're more at risk for down the line getting cancer mm. 
That's, that's why you need to take care of your gut. Gosh, that's wild. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for, uh, for putting that in there. Um, let's see here. I'm just going to put this up. Um, thank you for this comment, uh, Bob and Sheila. This is uh, super sweet. Uh, certainly got uh, Amy in our thoughts and prayers. Um, so oh, thank you all. Thank you all for what being a wonderful here. person. I hope you guys are doing great. Uh, I've got a book for Bob that I need to get to him. Uh, I'll try to bring it to the office. Uh, I didn't have it when I saw Amy last in the office, but uh, you need to read this book. Bob, it's really interesting. Uh, since you're a proud veteran, I'm proud of you too. And, uh, it's an, it's a really interesting book. I think you'd love, uh, Amy, Amy's very popular in our office. Uh, Bob and Sheila. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 so I, it's, to, it's, I, I didn't even know they were in the office today. Yeah. Dang it. Uh, oh, so shoot. cool. So cool. Thank Katie you. Katie needs to alert me with that. You know? <laughs> I know we were, we we're really busy today, but you know, uh, I get to say hi. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Bob and Sheila, uh, for, for putting that in there. Uh, and thank you, Katie. Uh, Amy is the bomb. Um, let's see here. Let's go to, to Mark's question on YouTube. Uh, in the first seven weeks of 2023, the U S is averaging one chemical accident every two days. What detoxing protocols do you suggest for removal of hazardous chemicals from the body? Any thoughts on this doc? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does seem like we're seeing a lot of that lately. Um, of course, I love the infrared sauna. Um, I try to sit in it every morning, sweat my guts out, um, drink a lot of water. I think that's the first thing. I like milk thistle. Um, of course, clean eating, fat, intermittent fasting or longer really is a good detox um, I like EDTA, which I take every day as well. It's a kind of a chelator. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're exposed to a lot of stuff. It's just different people have different sensitivities to it that they could react to. I mean, we're, we all live in a really toxic world and, um, there's no doubt that if you're eating junk food, not sleeping, stressed out, stress is definitely a toxin, then you're more likely to have, you know, it trigger off an autoimmune disease or cancer or any of that stuff. So that that's kind of what I would do, you know, and if you really get exposed, you know, I'd really start checking it pretty closely like those folks up in Ohio right now they need to be followed very closely and I'd be, they already ought to be doing some stuff. Um, you know, I'm not sure they should be taking extra iodine, but sometimes that helps too. But, hmm. um, good, great comment. Super interesting. Uh, thank you, Mark. Um, let's see here. Let's get to Lisa here on Facebook. Um, is there a certain vitamin D that helps with CKD? If so, which one and how much? I've tried to take vitamin B with a couple of times, and it makes me hyper. Is that possible? Yeah, I mean, it. vitamin B, they're all energy vitamins. Um, but CKD, I don't know why I'm blanking out on that. Can you tell me what you mean by that? Um, because different B vitamins help in different things. Uh, it seems that it's chronic uh, kidney disease. Oh, okay. Um, you know, the B vitamins are water soluble, so they're going to be safe with the chronic kidney disease. Um, you know, I'm not sure. One thing I would always do is make sure that your B vitamins are methylated. You know, in other words, take methylfolate, methylcobalamin over the cyanocobalamin or folic acid. Um, you know, thiamine, which is B1, is also going to be helpful. So I'd probably just take a good methylated B complex um, with that. And, you know, there's other things you need to consider with chronic kidney disease uh, that may be helpful. Uh, like there's a new class of medicines, SLGT, um, Agnes that really kind of, they're for diabetes, but they, they're protective for your kidneys as well. So, um, you know, it'd be helpful to know, of course, what 
cause the chronic kidney disease and that thing that we always like to get to the root cause whether it's diabetes hypertension um, there's some genetic diseases that affect the kidneys uh, polycystic kidneys and um, so really interesting but I, th I think it'd be safe to take a methylated B complex vitamin Thank you for uh, for that uh, question there, Lisa. And I just got a question uh, through email. I'm going to put this up. Um, the question is, can, can anything be done to fix cataracts and macular degeneration? Uh, supplements, glasses that filter certain colors. Uh, any thoughts on this, Doc? Yeah, they can definitely fix your cataracts. And they can even put a lens in there to correct your vision. Well, my friends had it a couple of weeks ago. It did fantastic. And macular degeneration, um, I have a couple of patients who are retina specialists, and um, there's a lot of stuff they're doing for that nowadays. It used to be kind of nothing you could do about it. Um, but, of course, I like, um, you know, I'm trying to think which supplements that, that I use for that. There's one, the Life Extension makes called MacuGuard that I think is pretty helpful. Of course, anything for your vision is going to have some vitamin A in it. Um, uh, as Xanthin, as, I don't know, I mispronounce it every time I say it. As Xanthin. Yep. That needs that in there too. Can't say that too fast. But uh, so those uh, need to be in your mix. Uh, blue light filters are good. Um, but there's a lot of stuff they're, they're doing. If cataracts are easy, but macular degeneration has been a toughie. Um, but it's really, they're getting some pretty good treatments for it. I mean, they do a lot of, uh, laser treatments for it and cool stuff. He was just taught one of my patients just talking about all this cool new stuff he was doing, mostly involving shots in the eye. It sounds worse than it is or, or lasers. Um, but Super good question. Thank you for, uh, for that question. Uh, let's go back to, uh, Facebook here. Um, if I can see ACE performance picks, um, Hey guys, what's your favorite fitness, sleep, heart rate wearable? I have a feeling I know what yours is. Um, what's your thoughts? I know what my favorite pick is from <laughs> ACE performance picks. You know what? I've been working on finger picking some old Led Zeppelin songs, acoustic songs. So um, I haven't needed my pick on that one. That's what I've really been focused on. It's a hard song to play. Babe, I'm going to leave you. That's the song I'm working on right now. If anybody knows that one, it's a great acoustic one, but it's hard to play. Um, but anyway, yeah, of course I love my aura ring. I'm charging it right now. So I'm going to have it on, but um and then maybe the Whoop band, and then um, Garmin, Apple Watch. Uh, but I love the Aura Ring. I'm on the uh, Gen 2, which shows me my oxygen saturation during the night. And, of course, heart rate variability, sleep latency, REM, deep, light sleep. Um, it's just a wonderful tool that I use every day. Ben, Ben is using my old one mm -hmm. just for sleep. But um, I love those um, wearables. They're they're wonderful. And they're going to come. The newest thing that I read about, <clears throat> and it may be Apple watches that do it, but um, technology to read your blood sugar through your watch. And that's going to be really neat when that comes out. Um, they're not as accurate as a continuous glucose monitor yet, but they're they're really close to, to getting that um, instant sugar. It's going to read it through, through your sweat. Through That's wild. These little photo sensors. So it's going to come a long way. Are you excited for stuff like that? Like where, with where, you know, technology is going. Heck yeah. I think it's going to be it. kind of cool. Like I, I think you think that's going to lead to more and more, um, what do you call it? Um, personalized medicine for lack I of definitely, a, Yeah, I definitely think it will. And more, self-help but yep. you know with the open chat you know <laughs> uh ai stuff is just gonna be incredible as a matter of fact i'm using it right now this is really not me <laughs> this is a um 
this is a hologram of me right now. And I just tell it what to say, and it automatically comes up with all the answers. Are you? I'm uh, really upstairs. I'm really upstairs uh, drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was actually really really good AI that humor funny? there. That's good. That's pretty funny. That's ben good. and Katie don't think I'm funny at all, but I think I'm hilarious. But they never. That's the first time you really la really laughed at any of the jokes I've said. Uh, I want to know what Mark and Steve think. Was that good AI humor? Um, yeah, was that just good humor overall? I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm funnier when I have a hat on because I don't seem as serious, you know. Um, or when you're at the beach, you also you have that same vibe, of, you know, when you're on vacation. Um, right. Ace Performance Picks, thank you for putting that in there. Um, <laughs> that was actually really good. That was a really good joke. I like that one. Oh, good. I yeah, like I'm that one. Like that. And uh, I'll get some good feedback on that. Hopefully, I, I think you know Steve thought it was funny. Um, I'm, I, I have a feeling we're going to get some some good comments from that. Katie's saying you're you're actually a Gen Three, oh, um, okay, uh, or a ring. Um, let's see here. Let's get to Sherry's question. Um, what do you recommend for tinnitus? Man, that is a tough one. Some people use pycnogenol. I've just never really had anything that worked great for that. I've had several family members who've had it and many patients um, ringing in the ears for those who don't know what that means. But um, it's a toughie. I mean, in the end, a lot of people have to get a hearing aid for it. Um, even if they don't have poor hearing, it just kind of masks it because it can drive you up a wall. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's if it's in just in one ear, or if you if it's associated with loss of hearing or dizziness, maybe in Meniere's disease, and you need to see an ENT doc. Um, but you know, if it's just a run of the mill tinnitus bilateral, then you can try pycnogenol. I mean, I've read all kinds of miracle cures for it, and they even say, well, this signifies dementia or something like that. I just don't believe it. I don't think we know the cause of it. I don't think it's a, a brain disorder or brain degeneration. Uh, you might try pycnogenol. That's the only one that really comes to mind besides a hearing aid and, you know, uh, distracting noises. You know, my bro one of my brothers had it for at least two years and it just went away one night being gone. Um, but, uh, if it's in one ear, you have any other symptoms, it probably warrants just a look-see mm. by a doctor. Uh, great question there, Sherry. Um, tinnitus is something that comes up quite a bit on this show. Um, thank yeah. you for putting that in there. Let's get to, to Frida here. Any thoughts for someone with SIBO, how to heal it without using antibiotics? Um, one thing we did and explain this episode on SIBO with Robin Riddle. So definitely check that out. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, yeah, I think there are ways to heal it without antibiotics. Um, you know, IGY, you know. It's made by Shield Nutri Nutraceuticals is the first place I would start with that um, for a two-week course, intense course. Um, and, you know, the thing, the other thing I would do is look at your diet, make sure you're not feeding it. Certainly, um, you've probably already had a GI map and the SIBO test, so obviously you have SIBO. Um, so I would do that first before I would, the, the hard thing about treating SIBO, those antibiotics, God, they're, they're real expensive. And, um, you know, sometimes you feel a lot worse before you feel better. You have that die off mm. going on. Um, so you might want to try the IGY product. Um, you know, you, you may even want to, you know, look at experimenting with a like a carnivore diet um, and supplementing with beef liver. Uh, you could try that. Um, certainly, when we use antibiotics, Zyfaxim is the one that we usually use. It's really expensive. Um, uh, most of the time, insurances don't want to pay for it. 
but um, great question. I hope that helps you. Try that. And uh, and Frida, if if you're wanting to to try out IGY, it's called. I'll put this up here from Steve. Microbiome yeah, Microbiome Shield, and you can find that uh, at shieldnutra.com. Um, so Microbiome Shield is the IGY doc. Steve may want to give us some feedback on that if yeah. he has any experience. And Robin too. Robin treats it every day. Robin's my go-to person for gut dysfunction. Really good. Uh, thank you, Frida, for that question. Um, let's get to Vicki here. Uh, recommendations for sleep. Melatonin doesn't help and gives me vivid dreams. I've, I've heard that uh, with melatonin. Uh, what's your thoughts for Vicki here? Some people don't like melatonin. You know, it's pretty good for sleep initiation, but for long-term sleep, it, some people it doesn't work. Um, I like... Uh, Another good supplement is inositol. I did a podcast on that and apigenin, which are in Dr. Huberman's sleep stack. He really doesn't like melatonin either. He's a Stanford um, doctor who's an expert on sleep. Go, you know, look at the Huberman lab. Go to some of his stuff for some recommendations. He has the heaviest hitters in the world on sleep on his program, on his podcast. Um you know, you can try all the other stuff that you probably already tried. I don't, you know, like GABA or valerian root. I don't particularly like the, the antihistamines for it, like um, Tylenol PM or Advil PM. You know, a lot of times I recommend people get a sleep study or even get an aura ring just to, you know, see how much you're really getting. Um, but, you know... There's, there's a couple, there's a new class of sleep medications that work on something called orexin receptors, which have to do with your sleep-wake cycle, uh, like Qvivix, the newest one. Uh, Davigo was the first one of that class that came out. But those, you know, you're not going to get those and just immediately go to sleep. It's not like a sleeping pill. They're more like the next day they help you be more alert. And, and so they're not going to put you asleep. You're going to take it and think, I don't, I didn't sleep any better, but if you stick with it and take it for a month, you'll, you'll probably find yourself sleeping better and feeling better the next day. Um, and again, it's, it's not a bad idea to get a sleep study mm. and see, you know, to kind of see what else is going on. Um, I like L-theanine for mind chatter. Huberman likes that one too. Um, so that's one of my favorite. Um, you know, a lot of people just take my my stress formula, which has L-theanine, saffron, and ashwagandha in it. It's all herbal. That a lot of people tell me that. Also, gummies. I mean, you can try the. We also have a uh, a sleep gummy that has you know particular types of uh, CBD in it. There's a lot of different types of CBD, so you kind of tailor it to the to the problem you're having. So you can try that. We, yeah, the the sleep blend is is pretty good. A lot of people like that. Um, you know, that one has no THC in it, um, at least less than 0.3. You're not going to feel any psychoactive properties from it. Um, you know, some people hurt when they sleep. And they, that, for that one, I recommend the muscle and joint CBD that we have. But, uh, yeah, you need to, you need some help with that. Sleep um, is so sleep important. So, yeah, I mean, if you're not sleeping well, you know, your chance of heart disease, dementia, everything triples. Um, so, All right. get help with that. Let's get to, let's keep moving here. Thank you for that question, uh, Vicki. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Mark had a question here around, um, extensively drug resistant shigellosis, shigellosis. CDC has issued a serious public health alert warning of a nationwide spike in extensively drug resistant shigellosis. Any thoughts on the best treatment options? Man, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of, um, different things that can cause, usually that causes diarrhea. It's a GI thing. So sometimes I use antibiotics for it, but I don't have any, 
any off the top of my mind, any treatment options. I didn't know there was, you know, it was becoming so drug resistant, but it doesn't surprise me a bit. I'll, I'll look into that, but, um, you know, I, I'd have to review some of my readings on that. I have seen it before. I've seen Salmonella, Campylobacter. A lot of times, you know, that's why I tell people to keep, um, you know, activated charcoal around their house in case they get food poisoning and uh, they can take it early on and it'll kind of dilute it out. Um, but keep your gut in in good shape. Um, you know, you might even try the microbiome shield. Um, it's not going to hurt it. Um, you know, I know Steve can give us some feedback on the different types of pathogens that that, that that is helpful for. But uh, a good question. Uh, thank you for that, Mark. Um, let's get to, let's see, let's get to Robin's question here. Uh, compounded semaglutide versus branded, op, branded options. Do you think they can, do you think they compare regarding potency, safety, bioavailability, et cetera? Uh, she's talking about semaglutide versus things like Ozempic. Yeah. Mongero, sure. um, what's your thoughts? Yeah, um, yeah, certainly we'll use that if we just can't get the branded options um, because of price. I mean, if your insurance doesn't cover Ozempic, Wegovy, Mongero, um, then it's going to be very expensive, $1,000 a month. There's a big article about it today in USA Today, I think, that you've forwarded to me. So, so we've got great treatment for this now, but... Um, it really affects people that can't get it because of, um, you know, their insurance won't cover it. So certainly I think it's pretty darn close. I've had a couple of people tell me they didn't think it worked as well as, you know, the pens that were in Ozempic, but it's been very few. You actually, it's not as fancy as the pens. You draw it up from a vial. It's certainly, um, it's certainly a good treatment. Um, it's about a fourth the price. It still isn't cheap, but it's it's certainly very effective. Um, you know, I was at a seminar last week about um, Wegovy, which is Ozempic branded for weight loss, and they had a lot of good points and new studies out. And it's interesting because you know two thirds of Americans. I talk about this today during my podcast, but two thirds of Americans are overweight or obese. 50% of those qualify for drug treatment. That means having a BMI over 30 or a BMI over 27 with confounding risk factors like hypertension, lipids are up, diabetes. But only 2% of those that are that qualify for it are using it. So I think there's a lot more attention on it now, so hopefully that will go up. But doctors are kind of hesitant to uh, treat obesity for some reason. I guess a lot of them think that it's just <laughs> laziness or just eat less and exercise more, which never works. But it's, it's a, the point is, it's a chronic disease. It needs to be treated, usually with medications, long-term. Now, you still need to eat right, of course, and exercise. But um, it's very hard for people to um, affect those gut hormones like GLP and um, some of the other ones like cholecystokine and PYY, um, neuropeptide Y, things you've never heard of that affect your brain because it's very hard to keep weight off on any diet because your body has an amazing way of readjusting. And, it, and when you say you take semiglutide for a few months, you stop it thinking you're cured, you're going to gain the weight back most of the time. Not all the time, but most, more often than not. That's why diets work and then they all don't work. Um, it's a lot more complex, having a lot to do with hormones. And I'm not talking about estrogen, testosterone, they play a part, cortisol, insulin, they play a part. But I'm talking about um, those other ones I just mentioned that you've never heard of. Um you know, that's why the the new semi-glutide brands have just been the drugs of the century. Without a doubt in my mind, that's been the drugs of the century. 
they do so much more than help diabetes or weight loss. They protect your brain. They help your mood. They help. There's all kinds of studies going on with various reasons, but we know they protect your heart. They protect your kidneys. They can reverse non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So, you know, it's, it's just going to be more and more of that. And I hope they make it more available. Um, but in the meantime, we do what we can. What's your thoughts? I mean, one of the, one comment I see quite a bit is, you know, Zempic and um, Saxenda are, are, are diabetes medications. Um, so they're for people who meet a certain criteria with either pre-diabetes or diabetes. Um, and a lot of people are, you know, I know we use it a lot for, you know, off-label for weight loss. Do you, I feel like people think it is, t- is taking away from people with diabetes. Is that, like, what are you saying? How do you I respond to that? Does. I don't think it does. I mean, there is a shortage. The company screwed up because I guess they didn't know it was going to be this popular, but they've really been a shortage of it. But, you know, I think obesity is our number one problem. And if they're not diabetic, they may become diabetic, mm. good chance of it. So I think it's our number one disease that we need to be treating. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the the only approved one right now for weight loss is the same as Ozempic. They just call it Wegovy. Um, and they've proven that you need to stay on it for a while, um, at least two years, maybe longer. Hmm. It's hard to cure the disease of diabetes. You know, I think it can be done. It's more like an ongoing treatment for it, just like you continue to treat high blood pressure. You know, we did that podcast with uh, with Brandy, um, and I think she's been on Ozempic for two years or something something like that. Probably going on, pretty much going on it. Probably, you know, around that. If if y'all haven't checked out that podcast, it was incredible. She was on Outside the Box as well as the Common Sense MD. Um, I I think she's lost over a hundred pounds and she's kept it off and. Uh, but she's she's stayed on it, and that was you know one of the big takeaways from today's common sense MD episode was, you know, the importance of staying on it, um, which yeah. is which is interesting, you know. Of of yeah, course, lifestyle is. changes has it to is. has to happen as well. It is, you know, I continually <clears throat> evolve in my thinking about <clears throat> diabetes. Um, you know, I tell people all the time the reason I formed performance medicine was to fight obesity. That was the reason that I formed this company. Mm-hmm. It's evolved into a lot more, of course, but, um, you know, I just found myself prescribing all these other medicines for diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol, arthritis, depression. It's all because they're overweight, you know, and then they get over-medicated, have all kinds of side effects, can't afford it, and they're still obese. They're still miserable. So, um that's the number one thing I love to treat that and hormones, which is interrelated. Uh, Robin, thank you so much for, uh, for that question there. Um, I think if I'm, we're going to stay on a couple more minutes, guys, if y'all have a question, quickly put it in. Do we need um, to get the new pup down here? I think we do. Did everybody see the new pup? They're already. Izzy. Does anybody want to see Izzy? <laughs> We've gotten a couple comments already asking about, uh, Ike and, and Izzy. Um, and let's see here. I think Allison, Allison is already, this was at the beginning of the show saying hey, hello Allison. to Ike and Izzy. So, uh, so she's ready. Uh, I know Katie's ready. I know Matt's ready. Um, so let's get Dr. Ike and Izzy down. I don't know here. Whether, if the dogs are ready though. Yeah. I don't know if they're ready for, for this. They um, may well, be. Let me see. Yeah, I hear them coming. <laughs> they listen to the podcast and when I say their names, they just automatically come down. Hello, Ike. <laughs> Come here. Come here. Come here. Here's Ike. He's always has to be number one. Come here. Look at the camera. Look at the camera. <laughs> there he is. So so for the He's been so happy having having Izzy around. Those two are best friends. They really. Um yeah. And again, Izzy is Ike's girlfriend, not his sister. They're not related. <laughs> so there's the there's the new one. There's there's Izzy right there. Hey sweetie. Uh, she's 10 weeks old around there. Yeah. Uh, nine, nine and a half, nine, nine and a half. 
yeah. for those new to the show, these these two are the stars, uh, Doctor Ike and yeah. Izzy. Um, they come on. Show my finger. <laughs> they come on generally around uh, minute fifty seven, fifty eight to to let us close out the show. Um, <laughs> she has sharp teeth. <laughs> But I tell you what, guys, for all for all those who are with us um, live, thank y'all for hanging out with us each week. You're this is so right? much fun for us. You can tell it's fun for Izzy. Uh, <laughs> Mark saying dogs are his favorite people. Uh, I think I that's awesome. Uh, I agree. What, what do you think, Pop? Are we? Uh, how did we do? I think we had a good. You did good. I don't know about me, but we had a good time. I think I like you, the hats. I think you knocked it out of the ballpark. Guys, did we do okay? Uh, out of 10, I'd say like an 8, 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 for I'd the show. You, I'd give you a 10. <laughs> I'd give myself a, a 6 maybe. Um, all right, guys, we are going to call it a show. This has been the Performance Medicine Show. We do this every single Tuesday at 7. It's where we answer your health and wellness questions uh, and where we you know, show mm -hmm. the dogs, uh, show the world our dogs. Uh, Amber, Amber, uh, from our Fountain City office is saying it's, t it's a 10 and I agree. It's a 10. Thank I think you, it's Amber. a 10. Thank you, Amber. Thank you. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe, uh, Isla and Ava think the same. Maybe they think it was a 10. Um, I'm hoping it was, I'm hoping Ace performance picks is saying 10. Terry's a 10. Ruth is a 10. Um, I, I think we did well. <laughs> I think we did Don't too. Go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.